0: Hello, I'm Gemma Atkinson, and welcome to The Petcast, brought to you by leading pet charity, Blue Cross. This episode is all about integrating a pet
1: into a home. They are an addition to your family. They're not just a pet that you can pick up when it suits you. They have an awful lot of requirements that you need to be able to meet in order for them to be happy and fulfilled.
0: Ryan Neal is a senior animal behaviorist at the Blue Cross. Ryan and his team help animals adapt to the transition to being rehomed. And last year, Blue Cross helped over 9,000 animals through its rehoming services. On this episode, Ryan stresses the importance of us learning to communicate effectively with our pets.
1: There's no real misbehaviour, there's just behaviour. It's just not always compatible with the world that we live in.
0: Also with me is Gemma Myrna. Gemma is known to many for her role in Hollyoaks, and she gives me her advice on integrating a new dog into a home with other dogs.
2: I found, to be honest, the third one, the easiest to train. I don't know if it's just because I'd kind of learnt so much from the first two. Within
0: like two days, she was going outside for a wee. Um, She was waiting at the back door. And that's what we do on the Petcast. We have candid conversations around the big issues facing pet lovers like me and you, with some of the UK's leading pet experts on hand to give us their best tips, tricks and guidance. So Ryan, welcome to the Petcast. Now you've been with Blue Cross for a long, long time. How did you get started?
1: Well, I I started volunteering when I was about 13. So a friend of mine was uh, was volunteering and told me about it. So I went along, just fell in love with it. And um, after school I would race down there and spend a couple of hours working with the, with the pets. And then I got a weekend job and it just went from there. And I've been there for about... 29 years now.
0: Wow. And at the minute, you're currently the, you're the senior animal behaviourist. So what does that entitle day-to-day? What do you have to do?
1: I manage a, a team of really amazingly talented behaviourists. And we help to support the pets that come into Blue Cross that might be struggling with behaviour issues, um, things that might be preventing them from living a really successful, happy life. Um, that can be things like simple training issues or more complicated behaviour problems. Um, and then we also work with the owners that take the pets on. So if you take a Blue Cross pet on and, and you have an issue that relates to their behavior, then then we can support those people too. So we'll, we'll have lengthy telephone conversations or we'll drive out to see them in their homes or they'll come and see us. And Essentially, it's a service which is designed to um, really help people and pets get the most out of their relationship. Um, we teach pets to better understand the the human world that they're expected to live in Um, and we also help owners to understand the subtle language that their pets might be you know um, using in an Mm. attempt to communicate.
0: So what advice would you would you say to someone what are the things to consider if they're thinking of getting a pet?
1: Yes so I think everybody needs to really think long and hard about whether um, they have the time they have the the money you know to be able to, to keep a pet and Pets can be, again, really massively varied. If we're talking about a cat, that's a completely different lifestyle than mm-hmm. if you were getting a dog, and then we're talking about dogs. I mean, dogs you know, range um, massively. You can have a very small chihuahua compared to a large, larger breed that needs an awful lot more mental stimulation and physical exercise. So there's a there's a lot of homework to do before making that decision.
0: Mm. It's almost like one of your children. Essentially, it's an extra family member. Yeah, it's not just something you can rehome and then think, oh, if it don't work, I'll just send it back.
1: It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they are all all pets are individuals. Um, no two are, are alike, just like people. We're, mm. all, we're all really you know um, completely individual. Um, and and yeah, they're they're a massive massive investment. They are. An addition to your family—they're not just a pet that you can pick up when it suits you. They have a, an awful lot of requirements that you need to be able to meet in order for them to be happy and fulfilled.
0: And how would you get a household that's just, say, taking home a new cat or, or dog? And how would you make it as stress-free as possible? Because it is—it is hard when when my animal pup is I. Use my holiday allocation at work. I took the time off just so I was at home for a month with them, um, so I could help, you know, train them and get them socialized. Really, I didn't want to just leave them because it, it was—it's quite stressful when you're trying to teach them not to go to the toilet on that floor or mm. on that rug. Um, what would you advise someone to make it less stressful?
1: Personally, I think that that we need to sort of relax and not be too intense about it. You know, things happen in in uh, in time. And I think if we have really high expectations of a pet coming into our home and automatically becoming house-trained or automatically understanding a a routine, then that can be quite stressful for a pet. So I think sort of um, allow the appropriate time for things to settle down. Um, uh, There are huge differences between cats and dogs. So often cats when they go to a new home, a new environment. Um, Their main priority is to um, ensure that they are safe. Um, so they might like to climb up to a high place. They might like to hide and have the freedom to be able to gradually acclimatize to a new environment. Mm. And if you've got a, a really excitable family, they're trying to, where's the cat gone? And let's... let's Comes wanting let's,
0: let's, to pet it. Yeah, yeah, that
1: can be quite stressful because the, the cat's instinct is to, um, you know, to, to step back or to observe from afar. Um, and allowing the cat to do that is going to help them to feel confident quicker. They're more likely to come out and start to stretch and, and investigate and then form new relationships. With dogs, they're slightly different. So they they are really social and that they're really interested in um, being social and making new relationships. But again, if we're too intense, if we're constantly playing with them, touching them, inviting our friends around to see them, then they can get really exhausted really quickly.
0: See, I read somewhere it's important to have, they say, get your house ready for a new arrival. Um, We were advised to um, get a crate and a nice bed in it and, you know, a blanket over half of it, just so, not to to put them in as punishment or anything, but leave the door open just so if they ever felt it was a bit too much, they had somewhere to go and retreat. Um, Is is that important to have, you know, the house ready?
1: Massively, yes, yes. And if you're getting a pet from Blue Cross... One thing that that you're going to get is some really fantastic tailored advice. Um, We get some stray pets that come in so we don't know an awful lot about their previous life, but we do get to know them whilst they're in our care. Uh, Some pets will come in from homes and we have a wealth of information that, um, that will enable us to tailor specific advice about how to settle them in. So some dogs, if we're talking about dogs, we'll definitely recommend something like a crate. Not not to lock them in, but to give them a really their own space uh, if, yeah, if they want. Yeah, to. and it's it's an increased sense of security. It's like a little den that they can disappear in when things get a little bit too busy. Some dogs we may not um, feel the need to recommend that, but it's always good to think about. Um, you know, um, you know, are there any sort of uh, um, dangerous? You know, if you've got a house that opens a, a door onto a main road. Yeah. Do you want to, or do you need to put like a stair gate I was going to ask you that.
0: There must be like, you, you, when we have a new baby, you baby-proof the house. Yeah. Is it essential to pet-proof it yeah. if you've got little, you know, new yeah. pets?
1: Things like, you know, anything that you, um, that's really precious that you wouldn't want to be chewed or weed on, then you can temporarily move that out of mm-hmm. the way. Um, have a stair gate that, that will prevent a dog from rushing onto a busy road. Um, cats, as I was saying, that, you know, they have a tendency to want to climb up and hide, so they can disappear through the smallest of gaps. Um, and some owners might might think the cats have escaped, but actually they've just disappeared within the home and they'll it's come out feel. when they're ready. Yeah, yeah
0: they're so independent, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? They just <laughs> yeah. do their own thing. Um, I wanted to speak to you about pets and children. Uh, my daughter, she's seven months now, and I got asked loads and loads of questions when I was pregnant about what we were going to do with the dogs when she arrived. And it, for me, it was just like, well, what do you mean what we're going to do with them? Mm. We won't be doing anything with them. And a lot of people, I know everyone's under different circumstances, they kind of have a fear of bringing a new child into a home where pets already live, or vice versa, having, you know, they want to rehome an animal, um, but they're, they're worried how their son or daughter will take to a new cat, or, you know, what would you advise them?
1: Yes, yes. I, I, in, in my job, you know, I, I do get that, that feedback quite regularly that uh, a lot of new parents can feel really worried about the do's and the don'ts. Um, because all dogs are individuals, um, I think, you know, it's better to have tailored specific advice about your, your individual dog. Mm. But I think that, yeah, some some forethought about the inevitable changes that are going to occur. Um, you know, if if before you have children, your dog is the center of your universe, mm. then obviously when you have babies come in, th- there's only so many hours in the day and yeah. there are going to have to be changes and... And, um, you know, a lot of people can feel quite guilty that, you know, they might not have a, as much time for the dog as they used to. But dogs are really adaptable. Um, and uh, I think if, you, if you're really consistent with the changes that you want to make, there's no reason why everybody can't get along really, really well.
0: Yeah, mine, mine have been great. In fact, my spaniel knew I was pregnant before I did. He used to follow me around and put his head on my tummy. Wow. And I was thinking, what on, what on earth are you yeah. doing? And then I found out five weeks later that I was expecting. So they do have a kind of. The sixth sense and, and now she's here they're so protective of her in a good way they'll yeah. sleep under a cart and if I'm walking around the room with her they're following me around and that's kind amazing of, they all want to want to be nearer which which I think is great yeah um, thank you Ryan stay with me uh, I'm going to bring in our next guest though she's an award winning fabulous actress uh, a yoga teacher personal trainer but most importantly she is a huge huge dog lover welcome Gemma Myrna hello hi hi now Gemma You've got three dogs at the moment, is that right? Yes, right. I have. Tell us all, what breeds, names, sizes, everything.
2: Okay, so my firstborn, as I always yeah. say, is Phoebe. She's my Westie, um, and she's 12. And then the second middle child, which uh, is always a bit of a problem, is Cole, our uh, um, St. Bernard, and he's 11 and a half And then I have a third, uh, St. Well, second St. Bernard, which is my third um, dog, and she's Paige, and she's 10 and a half.
0: Wow, so two big breeds mm-hmm. and one well, small breeds are westy, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, we are. Yeah. And 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 have you always been a dog person? Did you always want a house full of dogs? Well,
2: we always had dogs when I was younger and I was really scared of big dogs. Um, we had a boxer and um I think it was really it came from my mum. She was just a bit scared of big dogs and, and that fear kind of passed on to me. Um and I just, it was kind of controlling my life a little bit too much. We got my husband's mum and dad a Labrador, and then I was fine when it was a puppy. And then as soon as it got big, I was like, oh, I can't go near it. And I was just like, this needs to stop. So I got myself a St. Bernard to get over the fear. <laughs> oh, wow. And then um, I think it's having him from a pup, then growing and... I think there was there was one point where I tried to take a chewing stick off him and he started to growl at me and I was like, ooh. And then I thought, no, I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. And I kind of adapted it. And and from that moment, he just had so much respect for me and you realise that the big dogs are just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I find that all the time when I'm walking whole, everyone's like, oh, he's so big. Or other dogs are very frightened of him because obviously he's so mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. and he just wants to play with everybody, but he just can't. Sometimes he falls into other dogs because he can't yeah. stop
0: himself in time when he's running. <laughs> and you so. said we're talking of other dogs. You said you first born Phoebe, the yeah. west Westie. How did um, Phoebe cope? Like when you were integrating new dogs. I mean, obviously you'll probably have tips as well. You know mm. how to integrate new dogs. Yeah.
2: So what we did with Phoebe, um, we let them meet on the park first, and then took them home to our home, and they had like one cuddle where she kind of snuggled into him and then from that moment they were just like never cuddle, but always like they just wanted to play, mm. play fi all yeah. the time and they've still got that relationship now, um, they're just always mischievous together. The third one, uh, Paige, when we bought Paige and them two were a little bit older. So Paige is kind of, she just does her own thing. She's, like you said, personalities of dogs are just completely mm. different. She just like, she'll play for a little bit, but then she'll just go by she's herself. Enough, she'll yeah, she likes her own company, Page, where them two like
0: to be together all the time still. It's interesting you said about meeting at a park, one of mm-hmm. our other guests, uh, guests we had, Karen, she's got three rescue dogs, yeah. and she said um, that the dog she had first, well, her third rescue dog is called Phoebe, mm-hmm. but the dog she had first, um, she said they met in a park and then they all walked home and she let the, the dog that had been there the longest walk in the house first mm-hmm. and the two new arrivals then followed. Yeah. So she said from that moment on, the the two new ones kind of realised that the the pack leader was, you know, the first dog is that something what advice would you give on that
1: so the latest science suggests that that dogs don't actually um follow like a pack structure they're not strictly pack animals so um i know that's a um uh, it's a bit of a common misunderstanding actually Mm -hmm. Um, but i think like people you know we all have relationships Mm -hmm. you know and, and a stable relationship is is basically um the product of two people sort of getting on together, and understanding each other, and I think that dogs are exactly the same, that there has to be um, um, some tolerance between them, and they need to be able to get along and share Mm -hmm. resources, share things in the home, and there are lots of things that we can do to aid that, so if you're bringing two dogs into the, into one space, into a a home, um, we can take the tension out by um, having um, uh, plenty of uh, resting areas, so resting areas aren't something which they're going to compete over Um, lots of um, uh, food bowls or water bowls Mm -hmm. again they're not places that are going to cause tension if you've got lots of dogs and you've got one comfy sofa then there might be yeah yeah. so you can you can make some tweaks and changes to sort of release the or avoid the tension that might build up um, to to aid that process but I think that ultimately when you bring dogs in they are they, they have their personalities and they're going to yeah. respond you know individually Have yeah. you think about um if you've ever um, had housemates you know living with your family is quite different to, to living with Strangers, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and you're not always going to get on like with your best a friend. Comfortability
0: or... isn't mm. there when, when you know kind of who you're with, and yeah, and and I suppose when it comes to training them, did you find it easier to train? Obviously, just Phoebe at first on her own with training the other two. I bet it's like having twins.
2: Yeah, um, I found to be honest the third one, Paige the easiest to train. I don't know if it's just because I'd kind of learnt so much from the first two, but she was just. I did, within like two days she was going outside for a wee. Um, she Aww. was waiting at the back door. Mm. She's just, but I don't know if that's because I didn't kind of pander so much to her as I did with the first two because, you you know, it's like the first one you have, you, like you said, you did excited because you got a new dog and everything revolves around them. With Paige, it was like she just got on Lended with it. Yeah, and kind of learnt from the other two. Um, so, so yeah, she, she was probably, I would say, the easiest to train. But as, going back to what you were just saying there, my mum's got two Cocker Spaniels and when she brings them over. Paige is a sort of dog. She wants her own space. So we leave another living room open for her to go in because she literally right. rolls her eyes at them because they're <laughs> bouncing. She She's like... And Lennon, my mum's first o'clock and, uh, and he's, he's like that, trying to touch her. And he just goes like, please be my friend. Aww, and she, she just, just growls at him and just gets up and walks. Honestly, the faces are hilarious because she just doesn't like to be around that many dogs. Yeah. She just likes her own space and she knows her sister and brother. But other dogs coming in, she's like, nah,
0: I'm not sure. Do you ever get a moment's peace with three dogs? Or is it a case of if you sit down, they're literally all around the table drooling, like waiting for food? Yeah. Um, it's really bad with my husband because he's terrible. He'll
2: feed them off his plate. So Phoebe now has got to the point where she jumps up and goes, oh, is there anything it. for me? Yeah. They don't come near me because I'm like, no, you wait. You wait, you get your food. And I am like stricter, but... Um, but when they were young, yeah, I didn't get an absolute minute. Now they're older; all they want to do is sleep and cuddles, and that's it, really. <laughs> so they're amazing.
0: And how how important, Ryan, would you say it is? Like, obviously, they don't speak human pets. So how important is it to understand uh, your animal before you start to, to to train it, really?
1: Hugely, absolutely, hugely. Mm. So I think um, um, if, you're, if you're if we're talking about training, then you need to understand the individual that you want to be teaching. So for me, you know, if you're wanting to encourage me to learn a new behavior by rewarding me with peanut butter, I don't like peanut butter. So, you know, my motivation to, to put the work in is not going to be as strong as if you know the fact that I like chocolate
0: was cheese. Okay, yeah. Do you do go. anything for oh, cheese or oh, yeah. like that for cheese?
1: Yeah. So if if you if you if you know what makes your pet tick and you can use a reward that they really want, then you can make them really enthusiastic about learning. Um, and then if you're really consistent as as yeah. you are with your yeah. dogs when you're eating, yeah. the consistent message is you know if if you do this, I'm going to reward you with that. Then you're more likely to see behaviour starting to. to yeah become more established it's when we're really inconsistent you know one minute mm. um i want you to do this now i've changed my mind mm. that's harder for dogs to sort of understand um you know how to develop a an established habit
0: yeah it confuses me i always think when you see cats like they're notoriously harder to train i've read cats than dogs and they use cat flaps and they're so timid to start with how would you train a cat to, it sounds silly to use a cat flap because it's, it's something that people will they'll hopefully have in the house if they have a cat anyway yeah. and you know they need to know how to use it
1: yeah so cats will they, they, they have an instinctive desire to want to go outside um because because they're predators they they're, they're going to want to go out and perform sort of natural behaviors outside and they also find it really important to establish a, a territory outside and to to make sure that that territory is sort of well well patrolled um, so there's a there's a motivation inside the cat to want to go outside. And if you give them the option, they normally take it. So propping yeah. up the cat flap is usually enough for them to discover how to to do it. Yeah. But in in the cases where um, some cats might be worried about the fact the cat flap will often prop it up or maybe just put something like a little bit of tissue paper in front and then take something really tasty like a prawn and pop it outside. So they're thinking, wow, that can start something really interesting. It's just beyond... That
0: fears it, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to yeah. push
1: through the the, um, the the bit of tissue and they pop outside, grab the prawn and, and that experience is really rewarding for them so they're more likely to do it again and two or three repetitions and they're doing it more confidently mm-hmm. um, and then we sort of return the cat flap back to its its sort of closed position and then they work out that they can nudge it in order to get outside.
0: Yeah, and how quickly should you um, reward behaviour to, to reinforce it? We had Louis with a six month old spaniel with us yesterday and um to get him to pose for pictures, I had a little, like, chew in my hand, and he had a bit of a chew, and then he'd pose for a picture. did it again, and then he'd pose for it. But he yeah. got to the stage then where he was just constantly thinking, there's nothing in there now, I'm not going to pose for this picture anymore, and off he went. Yeah. He was so clever yeah. at that age. As <laughs> soon as the treats ran out, he was gone. Yeah. Um, so how quick do you reinforce good behaviour?
1: As soon as... So we want to be rewarding dogs for, for doing what we want them to do, mm-hmm. and we want to be doing it with really good timing. So when, when we see it, we need to be rewarding them and we need to be really generous and we need to be continually rewarding them for doing the things that we like and I can't really you know, um, emphasize that, that that's really really important that we it's don't. It's
2: within so many seconds yeah. I read about that yeah. it's like within mm-hmm. like five seconds yeah. you've got to reward them straight away So we, we oh. use
1: like a marker word so if, if we want the dog to sit then we'll say something like yes so when the bum the dog's bum touches the floor say yes and then we've got about two, two or three seconds to then produce a reward to, to give them but we need to be doing it um, a lot, mm. you know. We, it, and
2: it's different commands, isn't it? Yeah. So mine, um, instead of stay, like, you know, you go to the traffic lights, they, like, wait. I tried oh. stay for ages and they just kind of didn't pick up. But if I do wait and they then just that. bum down and they they, under, they like that mm. better. So mm. I think it's sometimes just trying different commands with, mm. with your dog and seeing which one and, works.
1: And it's a balance. So you need to, we need to be sort of rewarding them with things that they really like. Yeah. And we need to be really, really consistent with the things that we want them to, to do all of the time. So going back to you and when, when you're eating your dinner, yeah. that's clearly really important. Yeah. That 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 um that your dogs don't sort of mug you when you're in your your meal. Yeah. So so it's important to you, which means that you're you're much more likely to have dogs that are going to leave you alone. Oh
2: yeah, the very well behaved for me yeah. for yeah. my husband, yeah. they are not. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but when it comes
1: to sitting at the curb, you know, yeah. if that's really important to you too. Yeah then you're more likely to, 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 to have a dog that's going to develop a really great sit in that yeah. context. Mm. Um, does that make sense? So dogs yeah, tend yeah, to, to, to not be good at the things that we're not really, um, we're not passionate about.
0: Enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah. like lead,
1: lead pulling is, is, is a typical case that I come across. So a lot of people would like a dog that doesn't pull on lead. But are they sufficiently motivated to Keep put in the hard back, work?
0: Yeah. yeah, and with behavioural problem as well with with dogs, sometimes we have to be aware that it's not always the animal's fault. I mean, if you've got a nervous cat or a nervous, you know, any nervous mm. pet at home that chews the carpet when it's nervous, but at the same time you're on a drum kit practicing your drums every night, mm. it's gonna it's not gonna affect yeah. it. So people have to be aware as well. It's it's their responsibility yeah. to make it a balanced environment. Yeah,
1: and and there's no real misbehaviour. There's just behaviour. So cats and dogs will behave um, in the way that they need to behave. Mm. And that's very sort of natural in in most situations. It's just not always compatible with the world that we live in. Mm. And I think that, you know, the onus is on us to be able to sort of understand why they're doing it um, and either provide them with a more suitable outlet for it or or to teach them, um, you know, to behave in a slightly different way. Mm. So um, that's, that's really, really important that um, you know, I, I deal with all manner of um, behaviour problems. Some are quite small, some are quite yeah. significant. But in, in almost all cases, these are dogs that are just behaving quite naturally. Um, but it tends to, to just be in an inappropriate mm-hmm. situation.
0: When is the right time to intervene and actually get help for for your pet if you think it's considered naughty?
1: I think that we all, um, like the modern world really, we, we have sort of very high ideals and um, I think everyone feels like their dog should be impeccably behaved and extremely obedient. And that's not always achievable. So I think that we need to sort of accept the fact that, you know, um, we might not be able to do that, but dogs should be well socialized. We should, we should ensure that we take the right steps to help our dogs to adjust to the world that we expect them to live in, to, to sort of understand um, that things like livestock aren't there to be chased. Mm. Um, and that when we go to the park, there's, a, there's like a, an etiquette that we, we need to sort of abide by. Um, so encouraging dogs to um, play appropriately with each other and to be recalled by their owners, I think a recall is one of the most important things you can teach a dog because that one day might save, save their life if they're running towards a main road or, yeah. or towards something um, equally as dangerous. But I think that as to when to intervene, I think it's dependent on the individual. But I think that if you're worried about your pet's behaviour it's always a really good thing to reach out for support and help early on rather than wait for a, a small problem to snowball into a, a larger problem.
0: But you're doing the right thing essentially there's no shame in it. Is there? Absolutely. In asking, you want the you want the, the dog's lifestyle to to be enjoyable.
1: Absolutely absolutely so I think that it's a really really good point that there, there might be a tendency that we might be embarrassed by our pets. pets um, but we just have to accept the fact that mm. um, dogs and cats are going to be individuals and they're going to have um, the, um, personalities they may develop behavior problems um, like any other um, but that's not to say that they can't um, be remedied with a different approach or with some great advice. Have you ever
0: been in situations Jane with yours? That yeah um,
2: I always find if dogs bark people sometimes go oh your dog shouldn't be barking I did this show with Paige um, like a and she was around other dogs, and she was barking at another dog, and I went, don't bark, Paige, don't bark. And the dog trainer there told me um, never to stop your dog from barking because he's just communicating and giving Mm -hmm. the sign. But I do think that's the world that we kind of live in now. We want this perfect dog that doesn't bark, that stays by our side, and at the end of the day, the animals, and they communicate with each other through barking, through growling, through, you know, licking the nose or whatever. They're all like their little community, and when they're playing... Sometimes they can play a little bit rough and other, with my St Bernard, you know, he's ten and a half stone. People go, oh, Crikey. but he's just playing and yeah. that's all it is. It's just he's a bit bigger. So I think um, sometimes I think we can kind of put a bit too much pressure on ourselves for our dogs to be perfect mm. and yeah. just allow them
0: to be animals. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah, had Louis was breaking wind all day yesterday, <laughs> was it? We just said keep him out of this room because we don't want him in this room. Um, before you both go, I want to ask you both uh, the one tip uh, for someone who's listening to this pet cast who is about to bring a new pet home. What's the one thing you would you would say to them um, about about the pet? My mine would be that it's going to be hopefully the best experience, and you know to just love them, and and they'll show you love back, and hopefully it goes well. But what would your one tip be for them?
1: just really understanding, you know, um, them as an individual um, and, and and how they came to be. So if we're talking about dogs, what their origins are, what their breed purpose is, and provide them f- with a life in which they can really reach their potential. So you're meeting their needs so they can properly express all the behaviours they need in order to be a proper dog.
2: And also really... Um think about being being there for them as well. You know, I think people have such busy lives now yeah. and I've noticed myself with not working so many hours how much better behaved my dogs are now. So, really? I, yeah, it's yeah. so much better for, for me being there a little bit more for them and being a bit more consistent with the timings um, of they you know when I'm going out and when I'm coming back. And I know it's not ideal for everybody, but I just think just being there a little bit more in the house and maybe kind of just being a bit more consistent with them and just have patience with them as well. Because mm-hmm. when they first come into the home, it's it's scary for them as it is for the family. Yeah. And you just got to have patience and just
0: let them settle in. I found with mine that I, they like a routine mm. and... Um, I was saying Norman that he has a, a tablet every morning for his allergy, Norman, and he has it in a bit of cheese. And on the mornings that I sometimes forget to give it him after his food, he's following me around and I'm like, What? What's the matter with him? you <laughs> under my yeah. feet. And he's looking at me doing his head tilt, and yep. then I'll go, Oh, he's not had his cheese. And they're so clever and, mm. and consistent, like you say, with a mm. routine. I think it keeps them stable if they have their own routine themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's yeah, really Cole's, my
2: Cole is on, he's got tachycardia, so he's on a lot of medication every single day, and he knows the times because it's like mm. 7 o'clock in the morning 3 o'clock 7 o'clock at night and 10 and he's like at 3 o'clock he's like that Looking he, he literally wakes up from asleep sleep and like oh yeah. you um, and it is it, they're just they're yeah. just so clever that's think, the thing yeah. they're so
1: clever yeah. I think you know we're um, they're there they're for us aren't they and mm. I think we need to be there for them too and, and having a relationship is, is, is sort and of a two way thing and support them through
2: everything yeah. like I yeah. said my Cole's been poorly for two years and when he was ill it's that support you give to them. They just, you can see in their face, they just, just cherish so it. Grateful, and for yeah. anybody out there like who is thinking of getting an animal, it's not just like you said at the beginning, it's not just a year or two. It's a li- their lifetime. You've got to be mm-hmm. there till the very, very end for them and just give them the best life possible.
0: Yeah, well, that's yeah, a lovely yeah. note to yeah, end yeah, on. absolutely. Uh, Ryan Neal, Blue Cross Senior Animal Behaviourist and Gemma Myrna, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. That's it for this Petcast, but there's tons more information on our website, so head over to bluecross.org.uk forward slash podcast. Whether you've got a moggy or a mongrel, a Syrian hamster or shire horse, Blue Cross have got you covered. If you've enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a fellow pet lover or write us a review on your podcast app, which will help people find it more easily. I'm Gemma Atkinson. The Petcast is a Bengo Media production for Blue Cross.